Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we're going to be concluding our back-to-school series. We've got lots of information for you on tips to a successful school year. And... Uh, Also tonight, we will be opening our phone lines at 325-597-2119. That's 325-597-2119. If you would like to call and make a comment, maybe you've got a helpful tip for someone or just an encouraging story that you'd like to share. And if you haven't had input already on our Facebook page, you can also visit our Facebook page at At Home with Debbie Rule, or you can text us at 325-428-6145. That's 325-428-6145. We're happy to hear and share with all of our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is, and I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. At Home with Debbie Rule, your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. Back to school is here, and if you're a parent, you're jumping for joy that you made it through the summer. At Home with Debbie Rule would like to celebrate with you. We're giving away a pampering parent package, and you could be the winner of dinner for two, movie tickets, a new haircut and style, a 30-minute massage, manicure, pedicure, snacks, and a little something to sip and relax. Parenting is one of the hardest things you will do, so pat yourself on the back and give yourself a break. Register to win by coming by or calling KNEL at 597-2119. That's 597-2119. Or visit at Home with Debbie Rule Facebook page. Like, comment, or share on the post with the picture of the giveaway, and your name goes in. We will draw the name of our lucky winner during our program Sunday, September 1st, between 6 and 7 p.m. Thank you again for listening to At Home with Debbie Rule. At Home with Debbie Rule, your show about home, family, and relationships. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule. This is Thoughts for from Home. For many children and their parents, returning to school is a joyful occasion. Reconnecting with school friends and families, the excitement of purchasing school supplies and new clothes, the return to the comfort and normalcy of school routine, and, of course, the gift of a little breathing space for mom and dad. But for many other children, the new school year brings with it a large dose of anxiety. Will I struggle like I did last year? Will I make any new friends? Will I be bullied or isolated? Will the teacher like me? 
And for many parents, the specter of another year dealing with various school-related issues, perhaps foremost of which is homework, creates its own anxiety, as suggested by the above quotes, to help reduce an anxiety, replace it with the sense of joyful anticipation of what the school year can bring. We're offering you tips tonight for a happy, successful school year. Project a positive attitude about school and confidence that your children will express success and that they will experience success and happiness. Communicate to your children through words and body language that you are excited about the new school year and confident that they will enjoy it. Children pick up on the messages we send, so make those messages optimistic and hopeful. Be sure to be supportive and have established home routines. The school year calls for renewed attention to home routines, such as those surrounding bedtime, morning, and meals. Children appreciate and thrive on the routines that we as parents establish. It gives them comfort, security, and better prepares them for the routines and expectations of the school day. One routine consistently correlated with success in school is the family dinner. All family members around the table together make it a habit as often as possible. Avoid the temptation to make schooling a competitive sport by overfocusing on grades. Our culture is plagued by competitiveness in all areas of life, sports, fashion, looks, talents, wealth, and more. Let's protect our children's school experience from this hyper-competitiveness by focusing on their own gifts and talents and avoid comparison with others. Remember that homework is a contract between the teacher and the student, not between the teacher and the parent. Somewhere along the way, many parents have come to believe that children are incapable of doing their own homework. This is not good for the child who needs to learn how to deal with his own responsibilities or for the parent whose anxiety level and patience are often strained to the breaking point over homework issues. Homework is the child's responsibility, not the parent's. And school personnel need to assist in this area by ensuring that the amount of homework is reasonable and the quality is such that the child is capable of doing it on their own. Establish family rules related to TV, computer, video games, and their usage. There is a place for electronic learning and playing, but every minute in front of a monitor is a minute away from family communication. Not one forms of healthy relationship with a monitor. We only form relationships with real people, and home is where those relationships and those life skills are surrounding them, and they are developed. Make optimal use of the parent-child time during trips to and from school. Make travel time between school and home a cell phone-free experience. Think of the message we send to our children where our attention is given to others on the way to, to and from school. And think of the message we give them when we put aside our cell phone and turn on to what's going on into their lives. Avoid the temptation to over-involve your children in after-school activities. Life is getting busier every year for our children as well as for parents, usually mom, whose job has become to spend late afternoons and evenings as a family chauffeur. How many activities our children should participate is a personal choice, and a key word here is balance. For example, one sport at a time might be a good rule of thumb. If we adults insist on leading and keeping them from distracted overwork lives, well, we'll have happier children. And children need far fewer activities after school and far more family time with mom and dad. And one more tip for good measure, take care of yourself. I love the metaphor of the oxygen mask in the familiar words of the flight attendant. If you're traveling with a small child, put the oxygen mask on first, then your child. 
We are no help to anyone if we are not taking good care of ourselves. So take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, relationally, and spiritually. Make it a priority for your sake, as well as for your children's. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be back. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that are helping them break the silence. Bob Moore Tires, Back on Your Feet Recovery, Brady Butane, Brady Feet and Fertilizer, Pioneer, and SS Hunting. If you or someone you know has been affected by family violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Menard, or Mason Counties or the surrounding areas, please contact the Haven Hotline at 325-597-7644. That's 597-7644. Break the silence. Make the call. Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we're concluding our back-to-school series on tips to a successful school year. You know, it's that time. Some have already started, and some are starting tomorrow, but it is here. And now that the new school year has started, most parents are working to help make their year as successful as possible for their children. Just as every child learns differently, every teacher teaches in a unique way. However, no matter your child's learning style or the teacher's style, there are still some proven ways to help your child succeed. And tonight, joining me on the show with all of this wonderful information is my amazing husband, Rudy Rule. Good evening, Rudy. Hi, honey. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm ready to get school started and uh, finish up this back-to-school series we've been doing. We've had a really good one talking about social and emotional issues, talking about routines and different things that parents can do, budgeting for back-to-school, which is a big thing. And tonight, we're just going to top it off with tips on how to have a successful school year, just a generality of all that we've talked about over the past month. And so, um, you know, it's not easy being a parent, and it's not easy getting kids ready for school. Well, this is a very non-intrusive way to lend support to all of our great parents out there yes. as they're getting ready to send those kids back to school. You know, sometimes the kids don't really want to go, and there's a lot of anxiety tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you're going to cover a lot of that. You've got a great program prepared for the listeners tonight, so I can't wait to get started. (laughs) You know, even if they're a little apprehensive about the year or scared, there's still that level of anxiety that comes even with the excitement of a new class, a new teacher, a new way of doing things, a new routine, um, Will I be able to make the grades? You know, there's always that 
second-guessing themselves as kids. And in their little mind, we think it's not a big deal as adults, but we need to go back to how it was in that little mind of how big everything is and what a big deal everything is. You know, have you ever gone back to one of your older schools when you were grown, like your middle school or, you know, it was junior high then and your high school or whatever, and you look at it and you think, or your elementary school, and you think, oh, this is so small. And and when you were there, it was so huge. I mean, yeah. it was just so huge. You just thought, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find my way around. And you walk in and it's like down the hall and down the hall and down the hall and you're done. You know, and it's just in our in our children's little minds, it's so different than it is in an adult mind. And we need to remember that. You're absolutely right, Debbie. Their perspective is so much different than ours. And over time, we just progress into... Uh, where we are now, and we forget what it's like to be two and a half feet tall. Yeah. I put uh, Hudson. I can't reach the water fountain. <laughs> I put or Hudson the on the scales yesterday, and he weighs 30 pounds. I'm okay. seven times bigger than him. Now, parents, <laughs> think about that. You're little first grader. You're seven times bigger than they are. And just the maturity level, you know, we... Well, some I, of them are on the same level. But. You know, okay, well, we're not going to go there. But, um, you know, it's, it's, we forget. And we, and I'm guilty of this too, expecting and ha- and did from my own children and probably do from my grandchildren. I'm a little more aware of it now with my grandkids than I was with my kids, I think, and I feel really bad. So I apologize to Ashley, Zach, and Gabby for being the guinea pigs of having to, you know, figure it out. But I really expected a lot from my kids. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have a high expectation for your kid and for you to want them to succeed. But, you know, when we jump over onto the other side and our expectations are unrealistic or unhealthy or not age-appropriate, um, then we're really harming the child rather than helping the child succeed. And so we've got to find that balance as parents. We've got to really ser- search out, you know, each child is different. You may have a child that you can, that's very responsible in their personality and that you can ask to do something and they can fulfill that task. You may have one that just doesn't have that personality and cannot do it. And it doesn't mean a lot of times that they're just defiant. Some are just completely defying you, but some, they just don't have it. They're just not there yet. And so we got to remember that we've got to parent where the child is and take them through the journey. We can't just look at every child and say, okay, this is a cookie cutter. You're four years old. Now you're going to school, man up, don't cry be a big boy, don't potty in your pants, you know, don't have them call me, be good. You know, it's, it's not that, it's not that simple. (laughs) I mean, I know you're saying, yes, that is, that's pretty simple. You said a lot there and and Uh, so, so important. Uh, One thing to pick out of that was um, whenever our expectations are unhealthy. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned uh, do things in balance, mm-hmm. and balance is so important in every aspect of life. Absolutely. And in raising children, you've got to constantly evaluate: what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm doing working? Yes. Am I creating a healthy environment? Am I creating a healthy mindset in my child? Mm-hmm. Uh, having expectations is a good thing for parents to have, yes. as long as they're not unhealthy. Mm-hmm. When they cross over into being unhealthy and harmful then you've gone too far, you're out of balance. I mean, all those words work together 
And it's a way of evaluating your approach. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm doing healthy? Is it working? Is my accomplishing what I want to accomplish? And hopefully our parents listening tonight want to accomplish helping their child uh, reach their potential mm-hmm. and be the best person they can be. Mm-hmm. And you might be out there listening and thinking, well, how do I know if I have unhealthy expectations? How do I know if I'm out of balance? How am I going to be able to figure that out? Number one, you can research information. Number two, you can talk to someone that has been there and done that. You can talk to a counselor, a therapist, your spiritual leader. You can talk to people that are qualified to answer some of these questions. You know your child better than anybody else, and you need to start sitting down and just doing some soul-searching of your own and some thinking and saying, okay, we've been hitting our head up against this wall for forever now, and, and I don't know if it's ever going to get any better. Maybe you need to adjust the expectation a little bit and see if you can get through. You know, sometimes we just keep bulldozing through and bulldozing through, and the result is not what we want when we need to take a few steps back, evaluate it, make a better plan, and then go forward. And then you'll see sometimes how much easier the road is when we just look at it and think about it. But in our busy world as parents, we're busy, we're stressed, we're trying to work, put foot on the table, you know, do the activities, give everything to our kids that we can and do all of the things that they want to do and do the things that we want to do. And there's not enough time in the day to be able to do that. We're highly stressed as a society and we're doing it to our kids. There are kids that are on, that are in, on medication because they're so anxious so stressed. Yes. Take well, a breath. Take one a thing break. about uh, <laughs> that we really want our parents to understand is you have options. Yes. The, the school requirements are very well defined. Mm-hmm. And so you know exactly what the school requires mm-hmm. of your child. And what parents need to understand is the teachers do the very best they can because they're evaluated on how they teach. Yes. Uh, there are different concepts that come along, and sometimes later they'll say, well, we shouldn't have done it that way, but where does that leave your child in the middle of it? So one thing I want to encourage parents to do, and maybe these are for older kids, if they're not uh, picking up what's being taught, mm-hmm. get a tutor. Mm-hmm. You, have, uh, you have a lot of allies out there that will help you, and the school will help you with uh, after school tutoring or before school tutoring, I know uh, I struggled in math mm-hmm. in high school and college, and uh, getting a tutor. The problem I had with the algebra teacher was she just did not present it in a way that I could get it. Yes, but that's I a lot got with a tutor, and they mm-hmm. presented it in a different way. And it wasn't that I couldn't get it; I just wasn't getting it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your child can get it if they're if it's presented in the right way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes extra effort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, my heart goes out to the parents out there that might have others around them that say, well, what's wrong with your child? Well, you get very mm-hmm. defensive. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with my child. Mm-hmm. They, there's a conflict with the, how the teacher teaches and how my child understands. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, don't take that bait. Don't get aggravated with that. Mm-hmm. Somebody's being insensitive. You're going to run into that in life. That's part of life. 
And that doesn't mean that the teacher is not teaching properly. Everybody has a teaching style and everybody has a learning style. Yes. And sometimes they are, uh, they conflict each other. And so it doesn't mean that the teacher is wrong. It doesn't mean that the child is wrong. What it means is you need to bring in another person with a little bit different teaching style so that your child can learn the way they need to learn because they're not going to change the way they're learning. Their learning style is being developed, yes. and pretty much that's where they are. You can you can tweak that a little bit by you know them maturing, but basically your learning ability is where they are, and so you need to meet them there. And that takes us into one of our first things that we're going to talk about tonight: getting involved. That's one of uh, the tips that we want to give tonight as a parent, whether you're starting school uh, as a preschooler or whether you have a senior in uh, high school. Your child's school provides every opportunity for you to get involved. And so during the first two weeks of school, you're going to be invited to back to school night. You're, you know, we already had Meet the Teacher here in Brady and some of the other schools are having, uh, have already started, but yet they're having Meet the Teacher next week. And, you know, there's opportunities for you to go and to be in the building, to meet your teachers, to look at the curriculum, to ask questions, to share concerns you know, little Tommy, little Susie struggled in this area last year. I believe that they're really bright and intelligent, but this is not their forte. I really feel like that maybe it might have been um, the teaching style that they struggled with. So I'm, I'm hoping that this year we'll be able to move through that. But if not, please stay in contact with me because we're willing to do tutoring or whatever we need to do to help them be successful. And we really appreciate you as a teacher and as an educator because teachers are that it is they're not thanked enough and they're not shown appreciation enough administration is not shown appreciation enough you know they have to make all these decisions and parents get defensive of their kids like you're talking about and they have to do their job and so um if we work together then we will be successful and we can help one another with communication and being involved is the best way to communicate with your teacher, your child's teacher, and to be on the same page. And your child will do better. If they know you're going to be up there, or they know that you're going to be talking to the teacher, and they know that you're going to be checking up on them, or you're involved, then it gives them a sense of security. It takes away a lot of anxiety, but it also takes away that temptation for them to feel like they're going to be able to get away with something because mom and dad are involved. Well, and especially, I want to uh, put a word out there for dads. It does my heart so good to go to meet the te a teacher night and see dads there. And some of them don't want to be there, you can tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was that dad, and I'm like, good night. But it does a lot of different things. The teacher knows whose parents came, mm -hmm. what child's mom and dad both came. The child knows mom and dad care enough. And they may not think of it in that way, but they have that sense of security. Mom and dad are here. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad have seen where I'm going to go to school. Mom and dad have met my teacher. Dad, you are so important. Don't be minimized. You are mm -hmm. so important in the emotional health of that child. And you're so important uh, representing your family when you go meet the teacher. Yes. And, you know, Debbie, you made such a good point. Teachers and staff at 
schools, they have hundreds of children that they have got to do their job. You know, if a child's having a hard time learning, the teacher has so many students in that class, he or she cannot take one-on-one time. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you need to go back to the tutoring approach and help your child stay uh, up to Mm -hmm. the same level that everyone else in the class is. Mm -hmm. Don't blame the teacher. You know, parents and teachers work together. That's why they have a parent-teacher organization mm-hmm. so that they can be on the same page. That's right. And, you know, if even if you are single parenting or you're divorced or whatever it may be, you're sharing in these children, It's you're still mom and dad. You're, you're still able, you know, you need to work that out. Maybe don't go together as the happy family, but go separately and be civil. <laughs> be you know, adults. And be adults. And, you know, there is the parent-teacher organization, so you can in- get involved and you can volunteer. We know that right now in our community we've had a lot of people that have lost jobs and that they're out working in other areas, so dads have been called away. Even moms have been called away. Mm-hmm. And they're working, uh, you know, seven days here and then home for a few days and back again. And so we're not bringing any condemnation for anyone that is not at an event or not able to get involved because of the things that are going on in your life. You can do the best that you can do. Hopefully you'll be able to make some of those, but it's an attitude. It's an attitude that you can share with your children. I wasn't able to be there. Call them, call them on the phone, FaceTime them, you know, say, Hey, I wasn't able to be there, but tell me about your classroom. Tell me about your teacher. Do you have any of your your friends from last year in your class? Tell me about it. Well, how excited are you? Oh, it's so fun. You know, you don't have to be there. But when the child knows that you're supportive, when there's an attitude behind it, and the teacher knows that, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it because I'm out of town and I'm working, but, you know, I will be available. If you will just let me know, we will set a time where we can discuss what we need to discuss and we will be on the same page. Communication. Yes. Communication and an attitude of presence. I have an attitude of being present in my child's life and an attitude of being involved in my child's life. And when we, when we take that on, then it's just like we're being there. It's not the same, but, it, but it, can, it can work if you're not able to physically be there. Sure. Uh, and the parent that's not there can communicate, I'm already there, like that yes. song from one of your favorite bands. I'm already there. <laughs> uh, I'm there. I'm, I'm thinking of you. I'm going to call you tonight when I get home. I'm going to FaceTime you. Yeah. Uh, I'm there, and I I care, and I'm concerned, and I'm involved, and mm-hmm. I am excited, and, you know, I'm I'm part of your life. Yeah. And children are very sensitive to that. Yes. Uh, sometimes I know that I didn't realize how sensitive children are. I really had mm-hmm. a lot of learning to do. And if you find yourself out there listening to this program tonight and you're in that boat, hey, I can relate. But you'll never regret making that extra effort. You will regret not making the extra effort. Yes. You get this one day, and every day, Mm -hmm. you know, lasts 24 hours, and then you move on to the next. So Mm -hmm. don't pass up an opportunity to show you care. And the season of children being this age is so short. It's fleeting. I mean, you you may not think that now. You're in the midst of it. I understand that because when we were in the midst of it, we were wondering, when are we ever going to get all these kids raised? But it goes in the blink of an eye. It is so quick. It's so quick. And so 
if you if you are out there and you're listening and you're just saying, you know, that's me, I need to make some changes there, don't be afraid to make those changes. Make those changes because not only will you have happier children, you'll have a happier you and you'll have a happier home. And uh, so we're going to take a break. It's uh, at the half. We're going to come back for some more tips for you to have a successful school year. Stay with us. We've got so much more coming up right here on At Home with Debbie Rule, where we talk about home, family, and relationships. Back to School is here, and if you're a parent, you're jumping for joy that you made it through the summer. At Home with Debbie Rule would like to celebrate with you. We're giving away a pampering parent package, and you could be the winner of dinner for two, movie tickets, a new haircut and style, a 30-minute massage, manicure, pedicure, snacks, and a little something to sip and relax. Parenting is one of the hardest things you will do, so pat yourself on the back and give yourself a break. Register to win by coming by or calling KNEL at 597-2119. That's 597-2119. Or visit at Home with Debbie Rule Facebook page. Like, comment, or share on the post with the picture of the giveaway, and your name goes in. We will draw the name of our lucky winner during our program Sunday, September 1st, between 6 and 7 p.m. Thank you again for listening to At Home with Debbie Rule. At Home with Debbie Rule, your show about home, family, and relationships. Welcome back to Add Home with Debbie Rule, your show about home, family, and relationships, where tonight we are concluding our series on back to school, finishing up with tips on how to have a successful school year. I know that there is a lot of anxiety, not only on the child's part, but on the parent's part too, but it's here and we're going to move forward and have a great school year. And uh, so we were talking in the first half about getting involved uh, with your child and this level of anxiety sometimes that are with kids and being on their level and understanding their maturity level of where they are and uh, unhealthy expectations and how you can make things better by just having a balance there. We also want to remind everybody that if you have some input that you would like to give us tonight, we're going to open the phone lines at 597-2119. That's 597-2119. If you have an encouraging testimony that you would like to share or a question, uh, we'd be glad to answer your questions as well. So you can give us a call here at the station. You can also interact with our Facebook page. And remember, uh, as our commercial said in between the first and the second half, we have our pampering parent package that we're going to be giving away. And I guarantee you, you will enjoy having that package. So uh, you can register by calling us here at 597-2119 or you can visit at home with debbie rule facebook page there will be a picture of the basket uh, that will be posted a little bit later on this evening and if you like comment or share on that post your name goes in and you might win 
And it is good she bought two of everything so she could have it all at home. <laughs> so I'm already a winner. Okay, well, uh, you know, back to our tips, you know, being involved and communicating with the school and, and, and really just having that attitude of being involved, even if you can't be there physically, but sharing with your teacher and with administrators there at the school, uh, counselor, principal, assistant principal, uh, office staff. Um, I want to say something about that. You know, okay. uh, during the break, I was reading that headline, Communicate with the School. Mm-hmm. And so many parents get anxious about communicating with the school. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there and they're just going to... No, the superintendent, the staff, the principals, the faculty, the teachers, they don't want to have problems. You don't want to have a problem. They want to work together to have success. They want your child to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so you've got people on your side. It's not an adversarial relationship unless you choose to make it that way. Mm -hmm. So go in there and work with them to help your child have the very best year they can. Mm -hmm. Don't be anxious about it. You're Mm -hmm. working together for what's best for that child. Mm-hmm. Come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. And um, I've uh, taught in school and worked with parents. And, you know, it's like this. You appreciate the parents that are coming in and that want to have relationship with you, that are there to help your child and to focus on the child's needs and the success. And you appreciate it so much when parents reach out to you and when you know there's an open door of communication because it makes your job easier as a teacher because you have, like you said, a lot of kids in the class. And when they know that they've got parental support, then they know that they can work through whatever issues that they may have during the school year because you're going to support the child and what's going on. And so... um, it just it makes it better for everybody. Oh, it, it certainly does. It relieves a lot of stress. So communicating, don't have any anxiety about communicating with teachers or administrators. Take it as an opportunity to uh, be involved and to you know to share your opinions and your um, concerns, and also listen. You know, a lot of times we go in and we share, but we don't really listen. And so communication is a two way street. We can share and and. Uh, But we need to be able to listen, too, to maybe the comments that the educators may have because that's this is not their first rodeo and for most of them. And they've seen a lot and they've dealt with a lot of different kids. So they they probably know a little bit about what they're talking about. Sure. Listen (laughs) to what they say. Take notes and digest it. Don't don't just offer up an argument right then. Listen to what they're saying Mm -hmm. and try to understand why they're saying what they're saying. And maybe you can come back later and continue that conversation. Yes. And if you feel like you need to get an outside um, objective opinion or talk to someone else about it, you know, that's always a good thing to do. Uh, But talk to someone that can be objective. Talk to someone that's not going to take your side or your child's side over the educator, that they're really going to listen and be objective. Because a lot of times we can get a negative attitude about something just because Uh, someone else has their negativity um, that's been input into the situation. And so now we have a bad situation. Well, and three good questions. What can I do to make this situation better? What can we do, you and I, the teacher and the parent, working Mm -hmm. together to make this situation better? And what can my child do to make? So if the educator can answer those three questions, then you're now you have a plan for moving forward. Mm hmm. 
So being involved in communicating with uh, your teacher and the school. Also, um, while we're talking about communication, how about communicating with your child? I love that you put (laughs) this in here. I was just thinking, you know, if you meet the teacher and then your child says, you know, I'm having a problem with my teacher, you can say, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I've met your teacher Mm -hmm. and he or she is very nice and they care Mm -hmm. about your success. Mm -hmm. And so the child knows you've met the teacher. So they can't say, well, they don't like me or they're mean or they're have three mm-hmm. heads or something, you know, mm-hmm. you've, you've met the teacher. Mm-hmm. And so that is very helpful. Yes. And it's okay. You know, listen to your child with sensitivity. Try to hear what your child is really saying. Sometimes, you know, we don't understand what listening really is. When we talk about listening, we're not just hearing someone talk. We're listening. Listening means hearing with an understanding and having a sensitivity to what your child is saying. Because if your child is saying something, they may not be able to articulate or tell you what they're really feeling. But you as a parent, you need to try to find out what is really going on. When they say the teacher doesn't like me, well, you know, what does that mean? The child feels that way, but there's something going on there. And so you need to listen with the understanding of trying to figure out what the root issue is and go to it. And so the worst thing that a parent can do is badmouth or talk badly about their school, their teacher, the principal, anyone that's in administration, because that just breeds negativity. You're making a bad situation worse. Yes. And it doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you can't defend your child. I'm not saying that they are always right. But what I'm saying is you need to honor and respect their authority, and you need to teach your child to do that as well. And when you're bad-mouthing at home, then your child has the right and feels justified to do the same thing. And you are creating a mess. Yes. Uh, A huge uh, mess. I'm going to tell you who's going to suffer. It'll be the child. That's right. That's right. You are harming your child. If you put it in that context... What you're doing is hurting that child. Yes. That should be enough motivation not to do that, even though you want to. And if you have issues with someone, uh, administration, or if you have issues with a a teacher or with someone, make an appointment and just go in and, you know, don't read them the right act and say, la, 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 you know, but go in and just very humbly share your concerns and let them talk and listen And see if you can walk away with a better understanding of what is going on. And if you can't resolve it there, then say, you know, we just can't resolve it here. We're going to have to bring in uh, the the principal. We're going to have to bring in the counselor. But we need to get someone else in here because there's obviously a problem and we need to get it resolved. They're willing to get it resolved. But you need to go in and you need to go in with an understanding and you need to talk straight to them. Not to everybody else in the child's, you know, don't go around to other parents in the child's class and start oh, bad-mouthing the teacher That's and, right. you know, oh, well, we're, you know, we're not going to do this because we just think that, you know, she's just doing such a, this is, it's a cancer. It's terrible. It is a terrible, terrible thing to happen in a classroom, believe me. So you need to be uh, supportive, always supportive. It doesn't mean that you can't. Uh, communicate your concerns. It doesn't mean that you have to like someone. What it means is you support them and that you're respectful of them and you teach your child to be that way as well. 
even if you have a personality conflict with that person. It's okay. You need to get through the year, and you need to be the adult and be healthy and not bring dysfunction and a cancerous attitude. You want the best outcome. You really want, if you stop and think about it, if you're angry, calm down. You want the best outcome. Mm -hmm. If you'll show the person you're talking to that you're humble, Mm -hmm. that you're respectful, Mm -hmm. that you're listening to what they say, that you're asking penetrating good questions, Mm -hmm. then they will treat you with respect. They'll answer your questions. They'll think about what you have to say because you've shown them courtesy and listening to what they had to say. And your chances of having a positive outcome are much better. Yes. So communication, um, that kind of got back into classroom and teachers, but communicating with your child. Make sure your child knows that you are available to help without judgment. Don't go in and judge your child, compare your child. Um, be sure that you you just make yourself available to listen. Again, listen. Children come and talk when they're ready to talk. You can't drag it out of them. And you just need to be available. I know that sounds like, well, I can't. You know, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, it's an attitude again, an attitude of I'm here for you. You know, your kids will know mom's at work. I can't call her right now, but they'll talk to you when you get home. But if it's an attitude of I can't approach my mom or I can't approach my dad and I'm I'm really anxious about this, but I can't talk to my parents about it, then that's a different situation. So make yourself available without judgment. Talk to your child about school. Talk about issues that they may be having in regards to how classes are going. You know, how are, are their uh, peers, their friends, you know, what, what is going on in the classroom? What, w- what would they like to share with you? Uh, you can't just go home and just ask 25 questions. You've got to maybe take them for a Coke at Sonic or you maybe got to go to the park and have a walk or something like this and let them talk as you're doing something. You can't just sit down and ask them 50 questions and then give you the answers and move on to making dinner. You know, I've got the next thing I've got to go do. You've got to be involved and you've got to prepare the environment for your child to come and talk to you. And that's a safe, secure place when they're ready. Well said. And that is a hard thing to do sometimes, but it is absolutely necessary. Um, Be consistent. Schools have certain rules and regulations they expect their students to uphold. Each age group has its own schedule and expectations. So, you know, be encouraging of this. Be consistent. Your child needs to respond well to structure and to routine. So keep expectations consistent at home. Support those structures and those routines so that your child knows what's expected of them in a healthy way. Your school is going to expect uh, healthy, you know, they're going to have healthy expectations that are age appropriate. And if you feel they're not, then again, you can go and talk about it in a, in a very concerned way, but very respectful way. Um, create a positive learning environment at home. You know, studies have shown that the home environment has a direct effect on a child's success in school. You know, what their life is like at home. Is there a positive learning environment home? Is there a way for them to sit down and for them to have quiet time? Is there a place that's prepared for them to be able to do their homework? Um, is is Are they struggling because they don't have uh, a place that's, you know, where they can sit down and that they can really focus? Um, so support them by providing a a positive learning environment, not only physically, but emotionally, emotionally. 
kids need a lot of emotional support. So providing that for them that they know that, you know, we're going to help you. We're going to be involved. If I can't help you with it, I'm going to have the teacher help you. And if, you know, we need to bring in a third person, we're going to do that. But we're going to have a positive learning environment at home. We are pro-education in this home. We want you to do the very best that you can do. And we want you to be successful for you. We want you to be successful that your, your definition of success, not what your brother and sister is, but yours. Maybe you're not a strong straight A student, but you can pull B's and C's. Okay, that's your level of success, but never stop there. Keep striving to do better. But remember, we can't compare our kids. We've got to be really careful about that, too. Well, we do. We shouldn't. That's right. We do, but we shouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, instead of... Uh, speak positively to your child about education. You know, if you're encouraging about their education and you are supportive of them getting an education, then they're going to want to do that. And one thing I want to encourage parents, if they've had, if they've got kids that are going into junior and seniors, um, their last year, last two years of high school, there's a lot of pressure on kids to find your college, find your college, find your college. Where are you going to college? Where are you going to go to college? What are you going to do? And college is a great place. I am, I am very pro-college. I am pro-education, higher education. But it is not always for everyone. And sometimes you have a child that needs to kind of find their way a little bit before they commit to that. So a lot of parents make a mistake of sending them and wasting their money because the child is not ready, nor are they committed to doing it. So be very sensitive to this. If you have a child that's just totally, I don't know what I need to do. I don't know what I want to do. I'm so confused. I'm so scared. I, I, I can't do anything. I don't think I can do college. I think it's going to be too hard. And financially, how are we going to be able to do it? You can put all of those things at ease by just talking to them and saying, you know, we'll take it step by step. Let's look at your talents. Let's look at your strengths. Let's look at some fields that you could go into that are your strengths and your talents. It might be college. It might not be. But directing them, helping them to find their way. Because when we, again, cookie cutter everybody, we are leaving some kids behind that don't fit the cookie cutter. And poor, poor, poor kids that are that are being forced to do some things that maybe they just don't want to do or are not able to do. So That's a very good point. So careful of that. And when we were at that age, uh, going to college wasn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, there's no excuse not to go. Oh, we'll pay for it. We'll give you a loan. Mm-hmm. We'll put you in debt. We'll make sure you can go. And so kids have pressure on them that they used yeah. to not have. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. And I love this new concept mm-hmm. of a gap year. Yeah. Take a year off and go work and mm-hmm. relax or uh, get away from the school environment. I'll tell you what, you spend a year out there working, mm-hmm. and you'll think, man, I want to go to school now. Yeah. And there's trade schools. Mm-hmm. There's learning how to do a trade. Mm-hmm. And so going right into college out of school is right for some it's not right for all yes do what's right for you and do what's right for your child and if it's just laziness or it's you know that they can do better or you know that there's something that they really do want to do it but they're just scared you can you can work through those things but you know be careful because it's not for everyone 
keep your child's schedule manageable. We already talked about this, about activities and different things. Uh, be sure that your child has enough time to have homework. Be sure that they have enough time to get a full night's sleep. Be sure that they are able to eat properly. You know, they get up in enough time to have a good breakfast to start off the day. Uh, you know, just managing your, helping manage your child's time. If you leave it up to your child to say what time they're going to go to bed, if you have a teenager, they're texting all night long, they're on the computer all night long, that has to stop. If you have a younger child, they'll stay up longer than that they need to. You are the parent. You need to help manage the time. Not micromanage, but but age-appropriate management. And that takes your time and your effort, and I know it's not fun, but it is necessary. Uh, limit screen time. What that means is uh, in small doses. Your kids want to be on their devices and they want to be doing things, but, you know, they need to have a break. They need to go outside. They need to do some other things, even if they're older. Encourage them, you know, let's let's go do this together. Let's go for a walk or let's do this because they need to get away from those devices and they need to rest their eyes, number one, and they just need a break from all of that um, technology. So um, beyond routine, which kind of goes into managing your child's uh, time, a routine is essential to help your child perform well. Make sure even on the weekends that your child wakes up at an acceptable hour. It doesn't mean that they have to be up at 6 a.m. like they are during the school year. But if they're sleeping till noon on, you know, Saturday and Sunday and that's a habit, it makes the week a lot harder for them to adjust to uh, getting enough sleep and going to bed earlier and getting up earlier. So this will allow your child to know their limits and their expectations. Again, when you provide a routine for your child, they know what's expected. And you know what's expected. And it doesn't mean that you follow it exactly. We have routines, and sometimes we can't follow them because of activities or different things. But when you at least have something in place, you can at least follow something 95% of the time rather than having no structure, no consistency, uh, nothing, because that breeds chaos and confusion. And a chaotic home with a lot of confusion and disruption and stress is a crazy way to live. And it's where a lot of people are. But you can make it better. A routine will make it hugely different. Routines work. It's proven. It is. In the military, they have a plan of the day posted. You know exactly what you're going to do that day. They have a uniform of the day. You know exactly what you're going to wear that day. It Mm -hmm. puts everybody on the same page, everybody. It takes all of those decisions out of the routine, and you just do your job. Mm -hmm. And it works in a civilian world, too. It works in a home, in a home with kids. Mm -hmm. We've got a plan. We're doing this tomorrow. We're doing this Friday. Mm -hmm. We're doing this is what we're wearing. Get your, be prepared. Be ready. And they love. Don't wake up in a new world every morning. They love to know the plan. Oh, my gosh. And you will, too, even if you don't think you will. What's the plan? You will. Let's make the plan. We talked uh, during one of our um, programs about having family meetings. You know how important that is. This is a great time to start having family meetings again, putting together a routine and a schedule and a calendar of everybody's events 
and uh, activities so that everybody's on the same page and that you're running your home in a, in a way that's very functional rather than chaotic and just going by the seat of your pants and not having a plan for anything. So we're not saying that you have to be so structured and so routinely that you have no room to budge, but when you have something to go by and you do have a little bit of wiggle room there, you still have something to come back to. But when you have nothing to come back to, you are totally out there with with no structure whatsoever. And your kid is like, what's going to happen next? And I guarantee you the next thing that's going to happen is they're not going to know when mom and dad's going to blow up the well, next because that's what comes next. That's so true. <laughs> uh, you know, very seldom do you get to fulfill the entire plan. But yeah. when contingencies arrive, yep. then you have a foundation that you can operate from. That's so right. it just puts everybody on a much better approach towards the day. Yep. Uh, so routine is important. You may not think it is, and you may ne- might think, I don't need routine. Your kids need routine. They need limits. You they need, need expectations. Too. Yes. Be sure that your kids get a good night's sleep. They need at least hours, eight hours of sleep. You may not think that they do, but they do. And um, they need this so that they can be able to focus the next morning so that their bodies can be rested and their minds can be rested. So... Uh, you know, restful sleep is not with the computer on, not with the TV on, not with the phone on, not with music on. They say that the um, the rays from the TV and the the devices, what is it? I it, the light mm-hmm. um, causes you to not produce enough serotonin. Uh, yes, and so the brain doesn't ever really shut down. It you doesn't go into, into a sleep, deep no. sleep. And so you've got to get that stuff out of your kids' rooms and, and get let them get into the deep sleep. Be the sleep. parent. Be the parent. Get it out of your room, too. Um, be your child's advocate. You know, if there are problems, let your child know that you are there for them, that you support them, that you support the child, you know, the t- teacher, and you're not going to badmouth anybody. But they need to know that you support them and that you are on their side. You may not go in and badmouth anybody and you may not um, you know totally support them and say the teacher is wrong but you're willing to go and work it out and if there is a situation where they are wrong then you need to bring that up but be sure that your child knows that you're on their side that you're going to advocate for them and that you're going to step in and you're going to do what needs to be done to take care of the issues the worst thing you can do is ignore issues and pretend that they don't exist because they will grow into these huge monsters that will visit you and it won't be fun. You know, I'm just so. sitting here thinking, you need to give them the parent speech. Mm-hmm. And I used to frustrate my kids with the parent speech. When they would want to do things their way, I would explain to them, I'm the parent. I have responsibilities here. I have a job to do and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And when they would come back with something, I'd say, this is not an argument. I am telling you. And I have a job to do, and I'm going to do my job. And it's hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. Parents, you have a job to do. Do your job. Yep, yep, that's right. Well, remind you again about our uh, Pampering Parent Package, because this is concluding our back-to-school series tonight. We'll have some great new things coming up for the month of September and some more giveaways. But sun- next Sunday during the program... Between seven and uh, six and seven p.m., we'll be drawing for uh, the pampering parent parent package. It has some uh, 
uh, food certificates in there. It's got some snacks. It's got some movie, massage, manicure, pedicure. Goodies. Lots of great things that you're going to like as a parent. So find us on Facebook at Home with Debbie Rule, or you can call the radio station at 597-2119. That's 597-2119. Give them your name. They'll put your name in the drawing. And next week, we will draw a lucky winner of that package, and you will be blessed. I guarantee you, you will be blessed. Right? That's right. Enter now. That's right. Call now. So we're we're hoping that everyone out there is going to have a great school year, that your school year has already started. It's off to a great start. Uh, we're going to be praying for you because as parents, we need to pray for each other for sure. And so uh, we're with you, and we're here if you need anything. You can yeah, always right. contact us. We're always uh, an objective person that will help you through issues the best that we can. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evenings with you sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on Caniel 95.3 FM and CanielRadio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Mm-hmm.